You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. We would like to give a big thanks to Rob Mulhall for our newest five-star rating and positive review on Apple Podcasts. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. And as this episode airs, Mr. Blasco, as it airs, I will no longer have a man bun. It's coming off tomorrow. Oh, yes. And now, w- w- what is the, the, the foundation that this is being uh, So it's off? called St. Baldrick's, and it's what okay. they do on St. Patrick's Day or around St. Patrick's Day every year. And they encourage people to cut their hair for charity to fight childhood cancer. And I'm not entirely sure you know, exactly how they implement the money or whatever else i leave that to the powers that be but uh yeah i'm ready for i'm ready for some spring cleaning that's all i can say and uh so as you guys listen if you're if you got hair (laughs) wave your fingers through it and if you're if you're a bald beast then uh then we are now one and the same so i'll keep i'll keep everybody posted on on how it all went Wow, good for you, man. That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> uh, in the last episode, we chatted about hacking Instagram's algorithm. That was a really great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Um, oh, also, too, Mike, I'd like to mention that someone did tweet at me, and apparently Randy's last name is pronounced Bly. Yeah, I've gotten a couple of, uh, of, of things as well, not, not through the Twitter sphere, but... As I was up in New York, as I mentioned to you, um, <laughs> a couple people who listened to the podcast made it clear that that is how his name is pronounced. So, hey, I, look, we're just bringing the education to the world. I'm that still convinced he doesn't need a last name. I think he's just got to be. I mean, I don't think he can just be Randy, right? There's too, you know, there's there's too many other Randys in, in uh, you know, rock lore, but but. Just Randy Lamb of God, baby. That's all it is to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJabberJaw and get 15% off your entire order. And I'm excited to let everybody know. So we did an initial trial period with Rockabilia across the Jabberjaw Network, which of course includes this show. And we have re-upped this deal. So thanks to all of you that have gone over there and purchased merchandise. If you could continue to head over and 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 shop there, they are a one-stop shop spanning all of the genres. They got over 500 
thousand items to choose from. Tell them Mike and Blasco sent you and use that code PCJabberJaw because uh, they are, you know, what I like about them is they want to support artists and podcast hosts like ourselves. And uh, yeah, you guys shopping over there using our code enables them to still do that. So thank you very much. Nice. Today's episode is also sponsored by the cool kids over at bandzoogle.com where you can build a stunning website for your music in minutes. Try it free for 30 days and be sure to use the promo code MENTAL to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. Banzoogle seems like a great company. We did an episode with Dave Cool from the company in episode 55. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and give it a visit. What we think is cool about it is, you know, as you listen to our episodes, we understand that, you know, we talked about Instagram last week. And we also talked about how you always need a house. You know, you need your own website to continue to point people to day in and day out as the social media sphere and all the ways to promote market change. So Banzoogle is a place that makes it easy for all of you to do that. And most importantly, it was started by musicians and run by musicians. So head on over there and use the code MENTAL for 15% off. This week, we take some questions from one of our loyal listeners that is also an aspiring manager. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, one of our listeners, a guy named Tim, is working his way up the ladder, very interested in managing and promoting and, you know, just work working the grind in the music scene and he wrote us and so uh he had a bunch of questions for us so i thought we'd help him out this week and his email to us starts off like this i just wanted to start off by saying thank you guys for doing the podcast shows on manage mental i really do appreciate it a lot and listen to your shows more than i even listen to music it is a really amazing show. I am planning doing a promotion and a management company. I just wanted to pick both of your brains. If you both don't mind doing so, I understand if you both don't have time to do it because I know you both are busy people, but I would greatly appreciate it. So, Tim, let me tell you, we have time. We're going to make time for you today, buddy. <laughs> you get you get the hour a week that we spend on doing an episode, but these are always the fun ones. And I gotta say, you know, it is really nice to hear from people that continue to discover the show. Um, we get a lot of positive feedback, and and what I continue to hear, which you know I really like, is that we are we're giving people you know the insights, not necessarily on what's right and what's wrong, but what I think is so cool about this. Is that, you know, just as we talked about before we hit record, we're trying to, through each and every episode, give, I guess the best way to say it is, you know, the framework of how we think, how us people that are in this industry day in and day out, how we think, how we make decisions, because ultimately, until you're in it full time in the thick of it, you you, you don't necessarily have 
all of the keys to make decisions and analyze things in the way that we do. Does that make sense to you, Blasco? Without a doubt, man, without a doubt. Also, too, I, I feel like my my inspiration behind today's episode and Tim's email is like, like I feel like there was moments, like I want to encourage anyone that's interested. You know, I, I want to, uh, like, I want us to provide some basis for them to pursue their dreams, right? Because at there was a point to where, like, I remember riding, I distinctly remember this moment, Mike. I was in a car with my uncle, and I was 27-ish years old, and he was like, how much longer do you think you're going to do this music thing? Like, you, you know, you need to get, you need to get real. And right after that, like I joined Rob Zombie's band, you know, like right after that, but it kind of made me think like, what if that, you know, pressure, what if that, like, cause I never felt like I was going to be a normal person of society, right? I never thought that I was going to be a nine to fiver. I never thought that I was going to have a sort of a, a plug and play, you know, get up and go to the job that I hate every day kind of guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what I didn't know what the world had in store for me, but I knew it wasn't going to be boring. And and I just feel like, what if I listened to that advice? Like what like what would I be doing right now? Like 20 years later, like hating my life that I didn't take any risks, you know? So like, I feel like, you know, as starting off as a manager, I reached out to people and I asked questions and I wanted to know more about it. And I feel like this guy wants to get into it. He may or may not be able to do it. But, uh, but I feel like just based on my experience, it's like, we got to give back, man. Like we got to give, you know, we got to, if someone's, if someone's interested, I'm more than happy to talk about it. And I'm more than help, more than happy to kind of like tell you what I know. Like, I don't know everything. You know what I mean? I'm not the most successful manager in the world, but like, but like I've learned some things along the way, and if I can share that, then I'm totally all about it. I feel the same way, and I think for me, so much of this is, you know, coming from that DIY hardcore place, um, you know, where my basis is, and then when I got into the industry, I just saw how certain bands ended up in deals that sucked for them, right, and how much it hurt their careers, and so my goal has always been to try to protect people, give them some guidance, give them a resource. So hopefully they don't end up in these positions where, you know, they are signing bad deals. Or if you're an aspiring manager, you're not signing people to bad deals. And then I think the other part is so many, so many people that are coming up in this business, they don't really understand how it works, right? Like take a tour package, for instance, how many times have you gone to like a young manager, even a young band who has no clue how those things are put together. And you and I would say, well, they're put together in multiple different ways, right? Yeah. It really depends on who the headliner is. But it's just it's interesting how many assumptions get made. And that's what I like about this is we can really kind of pull back the curtain and show people, you know, with these great questions how stuff gets done. No doubt. So let's get into it. Number one. What is the best way to promote a show to get the most people to show up? <laughs> I mean, well, I'd say, I'd say sorry, this. Tim, I'm not chocolate. I mean, this no, is it's it's vague. It is well, and 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 I think this is this is essentially you know kind of an echo of my last point, 
it's like, okay, somebody thinks that there really is a best way. There's one best way to promote a show and get the most people to show up. You and I both know that that, that isn't the case. I mean, there's so many different strategies oftentimes being implemented at the same time that, that have to get implemented in order for people to come, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it starts long before you actually put the show up on sale, right? Is it, you know, how are you cultivating a fan base along the way, putting a show on sale at the right time, you know, to ensure that people are going to show up? So I don't know. What What is your answer to this one? I, I mean, I, I, I'd flip it and, and I'd say the worst way to promote a show is not to promote it. The best way to promote a show is do anything possible. You know, post on Facebook, post on your socials, post to your your mailing list, make flyers and staple them to to you know whatever posts you know uh, you know whatever street signs or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, stand out in front of clubs that that uh, and flyer as people exit. That is like a like minded type of show. You know, whether it's digital or physical promotion, like. There is no, there is no right way to do it. You know, it's like, you just gotta, you just gotta promote it, man. Like you, you gotta like, like your life depends on it. That's the best way. Yeah. And I mean, you know, again, because this is so vague, it's really hard to tell. I'm assuming it's a, it's a, you know, developing artist, local band in their own market, but maybe not, maybe, maybe it was for a different question. And so it's, you know, things that we think about all the time is, okay, you got to make sure that you're not oversaturating. You're not playing too frequently. So make it something special, right? Why is it that people are going to come and spend their money and their night of the week to, to see your band or your mm-hmm. you and your friends' bands, right? You need to make it so it's not only reaching them, but then what are they getting out of it? Are they just watching another band play? Is your band good, right? Are you entertaining? Are you charismatic? Have you thought about production? Have you thought about, you know, all of the things that, you know, you and I would analyze in order to cut through the the noise of so many other shows happening at any given time in any given city? Yep. Number two, how do you get on the radio to help promote shows and how do you own a radio station to help promote local shows and the bands? I figured iHeartRadio and Sirius XM Radio doing podcast shows could maybe help out. I'm guessing so, but I'm talking about local radio stations. What is both of your thoughts on that? I mean, radio is a different monster, right? Um, and there are local radio stations, depending on where you live, who sometimes do have like local programming. Um, you know, typically <laughs> mm-hmm. in the wee hours of Sunday mornings or whatever they may be. But, you know, first and foremost, depending on what kind of music you play, you have to identify whether there's a station that's there. And then, yeah, you got to figure out how you could potentially develop a relationship with them if that's even anything that's, you know, on their radar. A lot of those places, they're interested in, in, in the big time and not necessarily the smaller time developing stuff. Yeah. And since he says local, right, as opposed to some worldwide 
tour of some kind, if he's looking just to promote local shows, spend a few bucks and advertise. I would think that local radio and local TV, if you're talking about a relatively small proximity, it probably isn't that expensive. You know, so that might be a way to kind of cut through the noise a little bit and, you know, throw a few dollars at the situation. Yeah, definitely. I just think, you know, and and I don't know if this is the best place to spend energy and money. Um, I don't know if you would agree. I mean, he mentioned specifically iHeartRadio and Sirius XM, you know, which are two totally different corporate monsters. And for promoting locally, that's probably... You know, just not not where you're going to get your bang for your buck if you're even no. going to be able to to get in and get a response of any sort. So, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I don't spend much time in anything that I do, whether it's locally or nationally, dealing with radio, you know, for promotion to you. No, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, because we're talking local here, right? So, I mean, look, if I was in the business of promoting local L.A. bands, I would think that my my strategy would probably be, you know, I would have a different strategy for that. And that might involve some paid advertising of some kind or, or you know, going on local shows and, you know, going on the Sunday night, you know, local radio station KLOS show or something to promote that. But, you know, I haven't, you know, I haven't promoted a local show in God knows how long. So uh, I, it's hard to say, but I, I feel like... Um, I feel like the answer here is is like just just keeping it local and focus on what's going to reach that the right audience in your area. I mean, I, I don't know that there's any other answer than that. Yeah. Number three, how do you find a good team to help the bands improve themselves? Well, you start at the beginning. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the manager's role, right? If if our buddy Tim here is a is a aspiring manager. It's the manager's job to build a team. And if we're talking about improving themselves, you know, maybe maybe it's the it's the relationship that the manager has with the right producer that's going to be able to, you know, upgrade the, you know, the the band's songwriting or or sonic delivery or or something. Maybe it's uh yeah, man, if we're talking local level, like maybe it's, you know, like instructors or teachers or mentors or you know, you know what I mean if we're talking about how, how does a band improve themselves you know maybe it's a photographer or a graphic artist that's going to be able to you know kind of pinpoint what the brand is and how that's going to be presented to the world but I believe that it all starts at the manager and the manager's relationships and as well as the manager's assessment of what needs to be improved with the band to be, you know, brought to the masses. Yeah, that's very well put. You know, you and I have built countless teams and no two teams are built in the same way. Talking from a little bit of a grander level, and I like the fact that you mentioned, you know, the the people like a graphic artist or, you know, oftentimes, yeah, if you if you've got a great band who does well locally, that promoter, especially if they're also booking national shows, that should be an ally. They can be maybe not an official member of your team, meaning they're getting paid on the regular, but maybe they're an unofficial member because you and I both know promoters talk to agents, agents talk to managers, managers talk to labels. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so 
you you're looking for people who can be allies and help you validate what it is that you're doing. But yeah, I think it is so interesting. You're right. A manager like you or I is really the one who does help identify the other professionals with our relationships and based on, like you said, what is the product that the band has? If the band is great, they've got great songs, then, you know, it's all about us going and trying to find the right person who can add value in each and every one of the roles, um, you know, that, that makes up a great team in the end. So number four, get ready for this one. Take a deep breath. I hope you're sitting. What are the best ways to manage bands and help them grow? Strategically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Management to me is really, you know, kind of twofold. One is the relationships that that we have because like we said, not only are we building a team which comes from relationships, but then we are, you know, utilizing the outside relationships from our team to create opportunities. Simultaneously, you know, we're working strategically with the band to get the right product, market the right product, make sure that the band is in a position to perform the product. And, you know, don't take the word product too seriously here. It's just a nice little uh, easy term for me to use. But it's, you know, that's what I do. And I'm sure you're the same is, is there's these two parallel lines. One is, what am I doing internally to to grow and make the band more attractive to the outside world and then how am i going out and selling or informing the outside world of all that we're doing yeah i mean look breaking it down to the basic right breaking it down to the beginning so that tim can understand how to build his found foundation i think and i'm reiterating what you said about opportunities to me and i've said this before but i'm like a, i'm breaking it down to the basics management a manager every day tim every day that you wake up ask yourself what opportunity can i bring to my artist today and you have to and and, and you have to deliver you know you you have to you have to uh, identify what that opportunity is, and then you have to make a plan of how you're going to execute it. Um, you have to understand why it's a necessary opportunity, and uh, and you and you got to deliver it. You know, your 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 artist is is waiting for you to do something, and this is this is basic 101. And the opportunity that is necessary is indicative of what the situation is you know maybe it is a local show maybe it is a guitar teacher maybe it is a you know a graphic artist maybe it is a national tour um maybe it is a record deal you know there's a, there's a lot of opportunities out there but it's it's really dependent on what the band needs on a step-by-step -step basis you know if the band's just getting started out you don't got to worry about getting a record deal yet. You got to worry about building the fan base first, you know. So don't put the cart before the horse and 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 get too far ahead of yourself. Focus on what's right in front of you that's going to help take that next step, you know, and and focus on what those steps are to get to an, another level up or another rung up the ladder, you know. Yeah, I, think, I, I feel I, like that's where I'm coming from. No, I think that's a great point. And, I, and part of this is you know, I've spent a lot of time 
picking up young artists and developing them. So they've been unsigned. And it's not like just because I have relationships, I snap my fingers once I pick one of these artists up. And then all of a sudden they're signed to a record label, right? I don't go to the, you know, 10 record labels where we, or however many there are, right, in the world that you and I exist in and just say, okay, here's my new band. Who wants it, right? What yeah. has to happen is I have to work with the band to step by step, just like you're saying, build the case. So when I do finally go to whichever label or labels, you know, I think would work well with the band, it's now something that's attractive. So that's the, I mean, the key that, that, that I want to just be very, very clear on is you and I, <laughs> what our strengths are is we do a ton of work to take the artists that we work with and validate them and, and take the product that they have and build step by step by step so that when we're talking growth, it's done in a very methodical way. It's not just Mike and Blasco snap their fingers and all of a sudden opportunities fall from the sky, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Final question number five. Once you have your bands grown into a decent size, how do you get them on bigger shows or tours, et cetera? Let's, let's yeah, break it down. Like, and we have to define what decent means. Like, you right. know, you say like, like once you have grown to a decent size, right? We, we have to define exactly what decent means. And, you know, potentially a higher level decent versus a lower level decent, like, like defines what the next step is you know you may you may have to open for a bigger band you know if you start off on the local scene then potentially the next step is opening for a national touring band that rolls through town and maybe doing that a couple times to play in front of their audience maybe it's just biting the bullet and putting together a few bands and just going off on like a uh, on like a i don't know like a 10 date tour you know not a, not a Oh, a, a national worldwide, you know, scenario, but like maybe you just go up the coast. Like my first band, like our first tours were like a week long or something. We would just go up the West coast and back, or we'd go, you know, we'd go over to like, you know, we were based in LA. So we'd go to like, you know, like Phoenix and, and Vegas and you, you know what I mean? Like we'd, we'd stay relatively close, but we'd be out for like a week or so. Like, cause it was like, we were all in high school. So it's like, if it was like <laughs> Easter break or Christmas break or something, you know, but like, you know, even though we were a band that had a, a record deal, we still grew things slowly to where by the time that we put a third record out was the time that we actually went on like a full like US three and a half week tour, right? That was the first time that we had, had done that and stuff. So, and in, you know, in the grand scheme of things, in hindsight of like the mid 80s, you know, like we became a successful band, but it's like, but we grew it slowly. So I feel like you just kind of got like, sometimes it dictates itself to you also of like what the next move is. When are we deserving to take that next step? And a lot of times that will, those events will, will tell you and they'll present themselves of what, what the next step is. And then once again, too, it's like, you know, like don't put the cart before the horse, you know, don't get too, uh, 
don't get too overly enthusiastic and and then get you know then end up getting bummed that you didn't get it like it's like oh we're a brand new band we have to go on tour with slayer and then it doesn't happen and then like now we're bummed or whatever it's like man like you gotta like you you know you gotta get there you know right yeah i mean think about it in in the local sense right if you can build a following and you can start to play shows and prove to promoters that your band can draw, or even if you can't draw yet, and it's a pay-to-play situation where you're out there having to sell tickets, and you can sell tickets, and you can be reliable, and you can show up on time, and you can you know, say thank you and do all those things and build that relationship with the promoter, but simultaneously prove that you can build a fan base whenever promoter needs somebody for a bigger local show you know, a nationally touring act, you're going to be the band that gets that phone call, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And from there, as you do well and continue to grow that fan base, and this is where it comes into, you know, larger tours, obviously, you know, you're talking about, yes, you can put things together. You can go out and play a few shows or a week at a time, whatever it may be. But as far as national tours go, right, you're going to have to have something to offer to whoever the headliner is, right? Like, what have you done? Why is it in this competitive space of everybody trying to get people in the door to pay tickets, you know, to, 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 to pay the admission price, what is it that your band offers, right? Do you yeah. have a fan base? Are people yeah. going to show up and see you? Are you easy to work with? Are you friends with the bands that are on the tour? You know, and that's a huge part of it. So there is no one right way, as you and I have said throughout this episode. What I want to convey to to everybody out there listening is it's always done. You know, there's the exception in the rule. The rule is you got to do it all. You got to do the work. You got to build it step by step by step. If you're fortunate to skip a few steps, fantastic. But it's all about, you know, building your fan base and building your relationship simultaneously. That's how you end up on these bigger shows and eventually these bigger tours. Yep. He wraps it up like this. Thank you guys very much for listening to me. I am very grateful for all the help you both are doing with the podcast. I hope to hear you more in the future. Keep it metal and thanks again. And I would say you are more than welcome, Tim. Uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you writing in. And I would like to, I'd like to kind of summarize this all like, hey, look, man, like here we are, episode 59, right? Whenever we started episode one, we didn't have a listenership. People weren't writing us. People weren't listening. It was episode one. But let me tell you something. We had to start at episode one to get us to episode 60, right? And just like I'm using that as an example of like, look, I encourage anyone to follow their dreams, whether it be wanting to be in a band or you want to be a manager, whatever it is. But I would say like, just get started. Learn along the way. You know, that's the best education. Mike and I and sit here, you know, we could sit here and mentor you and coach you and, 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 and tell you what to do. But at the end of the day, you're only going to learn by doing. And uh, you know, we, we, like I said, we encourage you and, and, you know, listening to our podcast will, will, you know, we provide some guidelines and stuff, but at the end of, but you really just got to kick it in gear, man. Like you just got to get out there and be willing to take some, take some risks 
and fall on your face, but be willing to get back up. And that's the way you learn and that's the way you progress and that's the way that you grow. And these are all the questions that he's asking. So in summary, I would say the best advice I can give you is to just get started. Yeah, I mean, dude, you said it perfectly. I mean, one of my things, my adage that I say all the time is great content done consistently over time. And I always laugh to say that if you can't get to great content, just make sure it's good enough. And I love what you just said about the podcast starting at episode one. That's what we've done. We've put out great content, or at least it's good enough. We've done it consistently. And now here we are. We've let time do its thing, 59 episodes deep, and we're getting people you know, sponsoring the show, we're getting people writing in. We've built that fan base. But you're right. At episode one, we had to take that leap, and we just held each other to it that we would do it week in and week out. So that is perfect advice for all of you out there. Get started and then hold yourselves to doing it. Continue to grow. You're going to suffer some setbacks, right? There's times where it's not easy for Blasco and I to find this hour a day in our weeks with our hectic travel schedules and everything else, but we've committed to it. And so that is really the key. You said it so damn well. It's like, go do it and commit to it and let time do its thing. Yes. That concludes episode 59. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have, just like Tim did, to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened thus far, much respect for you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Loop If you're interested in some more specific how-tos within the music business, check out my coaching platform, OuterLoopCoaching.com. And once again, we would like to thank and encourage uh, you guys to visit our sponsors. We've got Rockabilia with the code PC Jabberjaw for 15% off and Banzoogle with the code Mental for 15% off. Ah, uh, that's really all I got, my man. Thanks, everybody. Peace. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.